0: Welcome back to Chit Talk,
1: where we talk about really good shits. My name is Annika.
0: And my name is Rithu.
1: Follow us on our socials, here to Chit Talk and Instagram, for
0: sneak previews, audio clips, and more. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. Let's dive in. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Chit Talk. We're so thrilled to have you tune into this week's episode, as we have another very exciting guest to speak about being a female creative and entrepreneur, empowering women and celebrating people of color through photography.
1: Georgia Love's work has been featured in Forbes, Business Insider, and has been published in various international magazines in the past several years. Today, she's here to speak about her journey as a photographer and creative director and how to create your own path to be empowered to navigate through a male-dominated industry. Thank you so much for being here today, Georgia. It means a lot. And we're so excited to get to know you, your story, and your creative process as well. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your story. Was creative directing and photography something that you always wanted to to achieve? Was that always your aspiration?
2: So I've always kind of been an artsy kid. Uh, When I was younger, I was always painting and drawing, and I was in a few things in my local newspaper. But I knew the moment that I picked up a camera when I was 14 that that was the thing that I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Creative directing, though. That is something I definitely had to grow into. it kind of just took like a huge heartbreak and really finding myself and finding my voice and my point of view to really indulge in um my creative direction
1: nice and like what what inspired you to to like you know have a camera in your hand and to set out there and, and take these wonderful photos what sort of initiated that or like sort of you know, pushed you forward and propelled you to, to become a photographer?
2: So it's so funny. The first time that I had my hands on a camera, I was 14. I had one of those really crappy flip phones. I think it was like an LG Kibo. And I was just taking pictures around my house and I showed my mom and I was like, Oh, look at like the stupid photos that I took. She was like, wow, like you actually have an eye for a composition. Let's go get you a real camera. Like what parent does that? So she took me to Costco, got me this DSLR and I was instantly drawn to portraits, which my family didn't like. They're like, don't take pictures of me, which is hilarious now because they're all asking (laughs) me now to take photos of them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it was just like working one-on-one with people and making them feel seen and empowered and beautiful. And it's a feeling I've been chasing ever since. Just to lift people up it's amazing yeah
0: I am um, so I don't know if you we even talked about this Georgia when we connected but like I used to be into photography as well I oh, no used way. To, yeah so I used to do a uh, portraiture I've taken plenty of pictures of Annika she knows <laughs> <laughs> and uh it's it's something that I also picked up when I was a teenager my dad was that person for me and he got my first DSLR for me to you know just play around with Aww. as well and yeah. um <laughs> Like Annika, I'm pretty, you're also into photography as well. Yeah, so. that's, that's really funny. Cause like my dad also um,
1: sort of pushed me to do photography and he also bought me my first DSLR, which is a Nikon. Um, but I don't actually take you know portrait photography i mostly take landscapes so i i tend to travel around with my dslr and then i go to like you know iceland and and thailand and these other places and i just like taking photos of like the culture and of the landscape and and all that but um you are patient i could yes. never <laughs>
2: I always make the joke that landscape and product photography make me want to die. Like I can't, you can't tell the landscape to do something different. It's true. That's it's true. all on you.
1: I know. I mean, you have to be so patient with like the lighting as well. Like, you know, that comes and Tripods, goes so quick. Tripods, gear. I can't. I can't. I just do it handheld. Like Like, Yeah. I don't even like use a tripod. I'm like, okay, snap and go. Like.
0: Yeah. Yes. You're yeah. my kind of girl. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of tripods and gear, photography, as we all know in this room right mm-hmm. now, it's a very expensive hobby and career. Absolutely.
2: So Absolutely.
0: what are what is a piece of advice that you would give to someone who is wanting to start in this career field or in this industry when it comes to being mindful about the money that they're spending on everything, really?
2: I always say that there's always going to be the tech people in this industry. And I say, don't listen to them unless you're like going to go and get new gear, but they're always going to try and like be competitive about what you have. Like the amount of people who are like, what are, what do you shoot on? It really doesn't matter. I mean, look at all the amazing photographers who are doing stuff over FaceTime right now. Mm -hmm. Like what really matters is like direction concept, light styling and composition. So I would say like, just don't get hung up on gear and don't let like other people make you feel like you have to, because there's so many people who will. Um, And I would say definitely spend more money on your lenses than your body. Mm -hmm. And Lightroom and Photoshop are pretty awesome. I would definitely spend the money on that and spending the time, more so the time to really learn, uh, those different programs because it's going to help you so much later. And just a tip, don't over edit. That's always something (laughs) people do at the beginning because they want it to look editorial and special. Mm. And I totally get that. I've been there, but that's always how you can spot the newbies is the over editing. People always told that to me when I was younger and at the beginning, and I thought they were full of it. And they're like, just do it when, like how you shoot. And I was like, how am I supposed to do that? But now I know (laughs) you figure it out later.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you mentioned, you mentioned like learning how to use those programs and stuff. Did you uh, go to school or did you like uh, learn through tutorials? How did you learn about um, editing?
2: It's so many different things. So at the beginning, so much trial and error. And it was like 10 years ago. So I was, my mom got me this Lightroom. Like it's not, it wasn't Lightroom Lightroom because it wasn't for professionals. It was like some really cute version. <laughs> and it okay. was so bad. But I spent so many hours every day on it. And then I think that was right about when YouTube started to kind of pick up.
0: Mm. And
2: I was on YouTube all the time trying to figure it out. Uh, and then I took photography in grade 10 to grade 12. And we learned a lot of stuff in the dark room. And once you kind of learn about the dark room, the same type of terminology translates to Photoshop. Interesting. And so you kind of get like a really interesting uh, hands on knowledge of like, oh, that's actually what dodging means and what burning means, uh, and making a composite image and bringing those like real hard skills into this digital space was really interesting. And then I also attended university out East in Toronto went to Ryerson for my photography. So my undergrad there, and they taught me a little bit, but it was really more so just like your my own time that I spent mm-hmm. and exploring and creating and getting feedback.
1: And then with that being said, like what were some challenges or obstacles that you had to overcome um, while becoming the photographer that you are today? Oh God,
2: this <laughs> <laughs> like especially as like a female creative in this industry, like, oof, like I've had clients not pay their bills, wow. swear at me when I have my boundaries, being like, okay, like this was what we said mm-hmm. was the agreement. You've gone against the agreement. So I'm gonna tell you my boundaries of like that's not how this is supposed to operate. I've communicated that. And then, then getting really upset and then saying, like, I'm going to put you on blast, like oh bullying, gosh. berated, um, people who go against contracts, people who say like, you have to take down these images for like legal reasons, but you already have them on a contract. People who steal images for advertising, <laughs> Freya Treasures. Um, <laughs> uh, my followers will know <laughs> it was like a big blow up. And then, like, people who don't see your potential, too, like, they'll put you in a box and just be like, that's where you are and that's who you're going to be. It's Mm -hmm. like, what? Are you kidding? Like, no, I can be that and so much more.
1: Totally.
0: I think, I think oftentimes people just like box people in because that's what they're comfortable with, right? Mm -hmm. You can see what they've seen. Exactly. And the fact is, people are allowed to grow and people have different seasons in their life professionally as well. Like aside mm-hmm. from being personal, it happens in your professional life. I would say that, you know, teenage you that's photo doing photo shoots <laughs> and you doing now is like a completely different version because it's totally time an and experience. experience.
2: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, especially like coming into this industry, I find a lot of people are quite soft. I was that way, myself included, where you're so hopeful and you have your art and your, emotions and your dreams. And then you get these challenges where they really push you as a creative, push you as a business person, push you as a person in your own feelings and your own, um, morals. And you get to really get like a sense of who you are and what's important to you. And that's again, like where I think my creative direction came from is because you're being pushed in so many different ways, you create this point of view. And then you can use that and utilize that in your work. And then that mm-hmm. speaks to so many people because they themselves have found themselves in uh challenging situations or where they want to feel
1: empowered. And those images speak to them because of that yeah, that's that's really interesting that you say that, just because, like, you know, you're a one-woman show, right? So you yeah do it all with my and... assistant and Devin, oh, okay. yeah. Nice. So, okay. So it's you and your assistant. And um, how do you then approach these um, companies and these organizations if they don't turn out to be something that you thought they would be? And, you know, you don't quite align with their path or like their, you know, um, their thoughts. And how does that quite work? Like, how do you, as a female on your own and being a female entrepreneur, then approach them and then be confident, and be empowered to tell them otherwise?
2: I mean, it sounds so weird to keep saying it. it comes from experience, but like genuinely, I noticed that the clients and the work that I took on that I was just doing for the money, just doing for the brand. I always found that it was one, never worth worth the hassle ever. Two, I never liked the work, so I could never put it in my portfolio. And three, they always wanted a bajillion revisions and I... It, the way that they were communicating, it was like, they never respected me. It was more to like meet maybe like a diversity quota or just like, this is maybe someone that we can bulldoze and get something like some cheap work off of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so because I learned that it was never worth it, I mm-hmm. gained the confidence to just be like, if you want to work with me, this is how it will go and be a really good communicator. And if I they start having signs that, maybe this isn't the best fit maybe you're not going to treat me the way that I deserve to be treated maybe you think this is going to go a very different way than what it ought to be I just communicate that I'm like hey I've thought it over I don't think this is a good fit maybe uh, or like creative direction being like hey like maybe this isn't the best fit I don't think this is going to be best for the both of us because it definitely happens there's quite a few people who will come in and they'll Ask you to do something that maybe you you don't understand why they're even coming to you. Like I've had people come to me being like, oh, so like we'll shoot everything black and white. I'm like, have you seen my work? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm everything is color. Like I don't yeah. understand why I'm the person you came to. And then we'll talk about money and they'll lowball me. And I'm like, oh, I mm. I understand where I'm coming from. So then yeah, just being like, I don't think this is a good fit. I'm sorry, but like, thank you. And I'll usually always suggest like some local photographers who I think would be a really good fit. And mm-hmm. if they're just a complete asshole, then I'll just be like, take care. Best of luck <laughs> to you. Wishing you all the
1: best <laughs> on your future endeavors. Yeah, straight up. No recommendations. Just no. Nope. Bye. <laughs> so yeah, I don't but I, this. yeah. But I do respect and I I do appreciate that you, you know, set boundaries for yourself. And I feel like female entrepreneurs and Just you know, female and small businesses as well need to put up these boundaries for themselves, so they're not being pushed over by by horrible people sometimes or horrible clients too. Yeah,
2: it it happens a lot, a lot. I talk to so many people, and it's really disheartening to hear how people are their boundaries are pushed, even Mm -hmm. if they were just brave enough to just put them out in the first place. I think that's like the ugly side of business for me is this bulldozing egocentric, narcissistic, like tendencies to like, oh, I got the best deal. Well, like, are the people that you're working with feel good? Do they feel heard? Do they feel respected? Because really, that's where the best art comes from. So Mm -hmm. really, you're just shooting yourself and your whole team in the face. Yeah. And then you're bragging about it, which is (laughs) disturbing. Yeah.
0: So so kind of switching gears from that, but related Mm. to it, what What kind of, what is your ideal client? What's your dream client? What industry do you like working in the most, more than others?
2: Ooh, Playboy editorial. Oh, (laughs) I would love, love, love. I mean, it's so sad that last year they had their last print. So they no longer do print mags, which is really sad. But what I love about Playboy in general is that their entire creative team are all women. And what's so brilliant is that they're taking what used to be this magazine for the male gaze and for the male pleasure Mm. and being like, we're going to have all the women run it. We're going to. So then women are in charge of their own representation and how we present our most sensual selves and being sex positive and embracing different bodies and different diversity of bodies and skin tones and i think that's just so rad and i i hope one day i get to be a part of it industries i really love the cannabis and psychedelic space they're really mm. really really fun i feel like it's that's also like attached to playboy too like it's just like a really interesting space where things are really creative there's lots of money going into it everyone's kind of there's a rush to it, which is really exciting. And weed and psychedelics are so creatively driven and so visual and so stimulating. It makes photography for those type of companies and that those type of brands so much fun mm-hmm. because you get to be silly. You get to have a sense of humor, which I don't think you can necessarily get to do with more fashion. I shoot fashion editorials, and that's really fun to be creatively challenged and so collaborative on set as well those aren't necessarily working with brands but you get to submit your work to be published like i have an editorial coming out sometime this month uh, with off the rails mag and they're so cool they're a uk international print magazine and they also do digital and it's so thought-provoking and edgy like it's like uk grit And I'm really excited that they accepted our editorial a few months ago and to be a part of that.
1: That's amazing.
2: Do you know when the issue is going to come out? Like this coming month or next month? They said April and now it's April 25th. So I don't know. It's so hard (laughs) with this pandemic that I've had so many magazines be like, it's going to be here. And then I'm that person that follows up. And Mm I'm like, you said it was going to be this time. And they're like, i'm sorry because of the pandemic i'm like please <laughs> publish <laughs> it because <laughs> you can't post the photos you can't do anything until they publish it oh really? so you're just like sitting there like with, sitting on your hands just so excited to share yeah. what you created but like i mean i shot it i think last year in november
0: wow that's such a long time
1: I- ago wow no. know oh uh, Soon. I'd be like bursting at the seams like I wouldn't just contain myself I don't know how you do it like I'd be so ecstatic for it luckily I have a group chat where we're we all just like ah <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when it's coming but soon <laughs> oh that's so exciting <laughs> yeah well like definitely let us know when it you know it, it shows in the magazine and we'd love to feature it if we can if that's yeah. possible yeah so, I would be love very that. exciting. I guess we can like shift gears a little bit more um to just discuss the topic of empowering women and just celebrating women's bodies through nude and boudoir photography. Mm-hmm. Um you know, body positivity has come such a long way, um, even through social media platforms. You know, we can sort of see a trend, especially through, I think TikTok um, now has been way more body positive than Instagram, yeah.
2: I feel, as well, sometimes.
1: Sometimes,
2: um, I mean, the censorship on TikTok is so incredibly frustrating. Like, I've had be. several, several videos taken down for...
1: Oh, no. Like...
2: Like nothing showing. Mm. And I've had accounts deleted. Like TikTok is oh my gosh. A, TikTok breaks my heart. Oh but no. it's also like the, the greatest one because it has all this diversity and there's so much love there. It's there just, is... it's fr- the censorship is crazy. Beyond me. Like it's yeah.
1: insane. It's insane. Yeah. I hear like some people posting you know, just their midrifts on there, like while wearing a crop top and they're like, boom, done. You know, it's going to be removed in the next, you know, few hours or so. And they're like, what is going on? Yeah. Um, I think the craziest one was my sister.
2: She made like a, just a TikTok of like her face while she was in bed and it was taken yeah. down for like child what? pornography. <laughs> no uh-huh. and she is 23
1: <laughs> oh my goodness oh, no. well, I'm like I'm glad that they're like being safe about it you know like I'm glad they're like being too safe it's better to be too safe than like not at all <laughs> but that's just so bizarre like
2: absurd like this 23 year old woman clothed in her bed <laughs> talking on a tiktok I don't know I don't that's get
1: it I don't understand <laughs> But I guess like coming from social media platforms and, you know, seeing body positive really comes to the forefront um, recently over the past few years. What are some ways to celebrate self-love in in your mind and, you know, in your words as well? And how should we teach ourselves self-worth?
2: I love this question. For me, what I found helped me the most was sleeping naked. I think it's such a wonderful way to be familiar with your body because mm. you go to bed and, like, usually it's low light. So it's very beautiful and very sultry. And then you wake up and then you have like natural light. And I don't know, there's something about it that's really lovely. And you get to familiarize yourself with yourself mm. uh, rather than just seeing yourself like in the shower. I don't know. I think it's a lot more intimate and a lot more special. And I think I read, like, there's some studies that actually backs that up. And -hmm. then another thing is, and this isn't a plug, I swear. I think every person should have, like, a fun nude shoot of themselves. And, like, you, like, get it printed and you frame it. I want that. (laughs) And, like, you get, like, you get your nails done and your hair's done Mm -hmm. and you're, like, naked in nature. Or, like, in a studio, if that's something you're more comfortable with. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's such an incredible feeling to just, like, let loose and, like, feel empowered and be fun and be silly. And I had to, like, those sets are some of the, like, you're full with laughter. Because, you like, you're naked. Like, only the funniest things are going to happen while that <laughs> while that's going down. And it's usually always in the public eye, too. Mm-hmm. And so, like, my thing is if I'm shooting someone outside naked, like, if you're naked, like, I'm naked. <laughs> because like there's oh, so much I like power that. dynamics yeah while you're yeah. shooting mm-hmm. and so it's like if someone's taking pictures of you you know what I'm in it with you like this <laughs> together <laughs> that's so great <laughs> but yeah like I would say like sleeping naked and having a really empowering nature of yourself especially like if you're young you get to like cherish that and have that and you can terrorize your grandchildren
1: down the line and be like this was <laughs> I'll me. do it for that I'll do it for that <laughs> just that Hell reason
0: yeah. um so obviously like okay for for back background I'm not very comfortable with myself normally and okay. uh it took me a lot of like getting comfortable and like just chilling out for me to actually feel comfortable in front of the camera. So for those people Mm -hmm. or for those women, men, you know, whoever you're shooting, what can they do to feel more comfortable in their skin in front of the camera? Because I think it adds an element of like pressure and Mm -hmm. like performance.
2: Oh, 100%.
0: What can people do?
2: Ooh. I just want to like, first off, say that it's always 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 the photographer's job to make you comfortable like in an ideal photo setting your job is to have fun and it's the photographer's job to do the rest so I just want to go out and just say that first but what you can do is I would say like show up show up authentically like sometimes people feel like in order to like themselves in front of the camera they should like, get their hair done or their nails done or, like, tons of makeup on. But, like, that's not how you actually feel with being, like, most authentic and most beautiful self. And then when you see pictures of yourself, you don't really... You you aren't like, oh, wow, that's, like, a beautiful photo of me. Sometimes people, like, dissociate on shoots Mm -hmm. because of this. They, They feel like they have to project a certain, like, idea of themselves. And then I'd also say... Work really closely with the photographer and ask to see the photos. Because then it takes the fear right out of it. Because then you're like, okay, this is what I look like. And then you can communicate with them, being like, I don't like this photo of me because X, Y, Z. I prefer this photo because. And then it's more collaborative. Mm-hmm. And I think something that I brought up previously is when you're with a photographer, there's power dynamics. And what's so scary about being in front of the camera is you're so vulnerable. And you have no power in how you're being perceived or how you're being captured. And to be able to take back that power and be like, no, like, this is how I want to be portrayed. This is how I want to look. This is something I want to feel while on am set. It makes sure that like you are getting images that you like of yourself. And I think that's so incredibly important. Yeah, and stay hydrated and don't have chapped lips.
1: <laughs> no chapped lips. Okay, noted. Yeah. <laughs> got like my lip balm right here as well. We've got a we've got a photo shoot coming up for our season three. Um
2: Ooh, congratulations. Thank That's you. Exciting.
1: Yeah, just for a season three promo. So I'm very excited. I'll definitely bring my um lip balm I will, with me here. I
0: will also bring my lip balm and yeah. I will make sure to drink <laughs> water beforehand.
2: And have yes, it's like the one thing water. you can't edit out is chapped lips. I really I have edited everything under the sun I've edited too many vaginas (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) lips because it's such like a special type of texture Mm. you can't pull like you can't pull other sections to fix it oh I see And if it's all cracked it's it's game Game over (laughs) (laughs) but everything else you can tweak if like you have like a zit or whatever but chat Mm. lips I I can't
1: Interesting. Okay. We'll have to take that down for <laughs> our photo shoot next next month, next, I think. Next month, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You you mentioned just the power dynamic between the photographer and the person who's being in front of the camera on the other side mm-hmm. of the lens. I just want to take a moment to just discuss like just in recent events, especially in Vancouver, over the past several years, there's been a multitude of accusations against some male boudoir photographers in Vancouver. I'm not too sure if you've heard about them or if you've heard yes. some other things. Yeah, there's been a lot of cases like that, um, you know, where these male boudoir photographers in Vancouver um, have sexually harassed uh, a female Individual, or they drug them, or completely them drink.
2: like there's so many, there's just so things. many different things, yeah.
1: yeah, or like they make them, yeah, exactly, drink wine before they, you know, do a shoe and stuff. Considering this, how do you think the photography industry can create more safe spaces for women to embrace their femininity, whether it's photographers or models or creatives like?
2: Oh, that's such a great question, but also such a difficult one to answer yeah I would say it's a model definitely bring a friend if they say that you can't that's a really big red flag Mm -hmm. because who doesn't want more fun on set
1: totally it gets a little bit
2: more complicated though if you bring a boyfriend I've talked to some male photographers who are dear friends of mine and they're phenomenal photographers Mm -hmm. and we had a really interesting conversation about that and I like, guess you should bring friends, but like boyfriends are a little bit more difficult just because sometimes they can get a little bit angry and they make it more about them rather than being there to create a safe space for you. I would also say like, tell people where you're at, always have a conversation before you arrive on set about what you want to shoot. Mm-hmm. I don't... It's so disturbing to me that there's male photographers out there who will wait until you get there and then will try and convince you to shoot nude or topless. So like if you if that's how you wanted things to go, you should have just been really straight up before.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: As photographers to create a more safe space, I would say, communication for for sure. What are you comfortable with? What makes you feel empowered? most of the shoots that I've done where people have been topless, it's been them who've suggested it. They're the ones who took their own tops off. I didn't even suggest it. Cause I like I feel weird, even as like a woman being like, <laughs> take it off. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but like, like one of my favorite images of like a model, Sophia Ruprek. she, I had like this vision of, her with like martini glasses and at like this pool with like a thong on and I t- I saw it as like lingerie, but I remember we were shooting and she just looked at me and she's like I'm gonna take my top off and I was like, that's rad. She like took it <laughs> off and like took the photo and I was like that's way better. That's way better than like what <laughs> I envisioned. And like if you invite people into like I-, I wish more photographers would invite the models into their creative vision because then they take ownership of it and then they are more than, than happy to experiment and try new things. But if you go into it being like, this is my vision, you have to get naked. Again, the power dynamics are all messed up. Mm. And I feel like, I mean, I guys can't really do this, but like as a female photographer, and I touched on this a little bit before, like if you're asking a model to go topless or to go nude in public, ask them if it'll make them more comfortable if you match them. I've gotten phenomenal feedback from clients to creatives. And they're like, will you actually? And I'm like, yes. I I will never, ever, ever, ever ask a model to do something that I myself wouldn't do. Whether that's to jump into some random grass thing (laughs) (laughs) or to like, be nude in a public space like like just match so I would say like if you're a female photographer definitely not a male photographer no one wants to see you naked <laughs> 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 but if you're a woman like just ask like take that power dynamic away be more collaborative have it feel like you're on the same team and I feel like people feel a little at least seen and heard and a little bit more comfortable that way.
0: And oh, I bye. I I found that just listening to you talk, I just hear you saying that you want to even out the playing field. You just want to make it so that there is no power dynamic anymore. Absolutely. And then that actually breeds space for creativity and like confidence for the people that are in front of the camera.
2: Yeah, I have I think it's something that you learn the more you yourself as a photographer get in front of the camera and work with other photographers. Because I've done it a few times and I'm just like, what? Like, why are you treating me this way? Or why are you saying this to me? Or why, like, I need direction. I'm here, like, literally so vulnerable. Like, I need people to, like, lift me up. I need, like, the power dynamic. You feel it so much, especially if you're inexperienced. And to have... But when I've had, I mean, that's why most of the photos that are taken of me are from my assistant, Devin, It's because we're same playing field. Mm-hmm. Like let's, and once you create that um, environment, that's super safe and collaborative, the most beautiful, creative things happen. It's It's magic. And I wish more people would tap into that because it's so easy to do.
1: That was so well said. And I, yeah, I really couldn't have said it better myself. Um, okay. yeah. And what what are some tips that you can give young females to search for the right photographers? Because I know there's a lot of people who exchange DM messages on Instagram, and that's how they usually find their photographers. However, mm-hmm. that might not be the safest place to find the right photographers. Um, what would you tell young females in search for like um, their own photographers? Oh,
2: it's so hard. It's so hard. Even if you look at some of your favorite like local models, mm-hmm. they work with some questionable people because the questionable people are going to, they're not going to act the same way with everyone. And that's something that I've unfortunately learned the hard way is being like, oh, but you worked with this person. It's like, well, they were fine with me. It's like, shit. So I would say maybe talk to like your local female photographers, see who Mm -hmm. they hear a lot of really good things about because we hear a lot because we're such a safe space. We get to hear about a lot of bad stuff, unfortunately. Um, And then I would also say, see how they respond to suggesting bringing a friend or not drinking. Yeah. I I would say those are probably, and reach out to other models and see how their experience Mm -hmm. was with certain photographers. But just know you, you never really know because everyone has different experiences with different
0: people. Yeah. Unfortunately,
2: like it's, it's really scary, but that's unfortunately just like the truth. Yeah.
0: I just wanted to take a moment to just touch on what you said about female photographers creating a safe space and just like, that was one of the things that really drew me to you when I first reached out to you was that like aside from celebrating women's bodies and everything, you also just, we've talked about this as well, but photographers do such an injustice to people of color um, when they yeah. shoot them. And you just, I saw that. I saw the pictures that you took and I was like, wow, and I could look like that. <laughs> So and, happy to hear that. and i i I have to commend you because like not only do you create a safe space for other women and other vulnerable or people, you're also creating space for marginalized people and people of color that are, you know horribly photographed by photographers. And yeah. you know, I just want to take a moment to ask you. You know, what do you think photographers and people in this space can actually practice or learn to better represent people of color through their work?
2: Ooh, I would say practice. Photograph different people of color in different lighting situations. I mean, my largest largest frustration, and I'm sure so many people will agree with me on this, is the way that people color grade and light people of color it tends to wash them out or make them dusty. And, and I'm like, what? Like, how dare you do that to someone? Like, embrace the melanin. Like, if there the amount of times I've seen someone photographed of a darker complexion and then they look lighter. And I'm just like, what happened here? Like, where's the contrast? Where's the dimension and the depth? It's like, if they're darker, d- embrace that. Also, like, I, I, yeah, I just, I would say practice lighting and practice color grading in different lighting situations. And if you get it wrong, just keep trying. Like, and
1: also always tell them to moisturize. <laughs> moisturizing is key hydrating is key okay we're taking notes I, on that we <laughs> yeah.
0: really are i'm just sitting here like my elbows like i need to fix my elbows before our i moisturize <laughs> my like elbows you know oh, like they crusty. Oil
2: <laughs> everywhere it adds such a nice sheen and mm. also work with makeup artists who know how to work with people of color as well okay. makeup by happy is amazing <laughs> she's phenomenal oh my goodness like so immensely, immensely talented. And she, wow. Like I remember when we did a shoot with Coco and she was, she put like this gold highlighter on her mm-hmm. and she was so beyond radiant. I was just so taken back. I was like, you're a goddess. <laughs> <And> <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> I'm so glad that you just... You do a justice to people of color, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like more people should be shouldn't be afraid of being wrong. I think yes. I think a lot of people, especially when it comes to photography in like multiple spheres. Like if we go back and we talk about those tech people, if we go back and we talk about like clients dealing with photographers and everything, the the root, the root thing is, is like they're afraid of speaking out and advocating for themselves, right? Yeah. And I think that if you're wrong, you're wrong and you just get better and you work on it. So I, I really admire that about you. Oh, thank um, you. and just one other thing I wanted to ask was, you know, in the, in the next three to five years, what are some things that you wish to see change in your industry? What would you like if you could dream big, What would you love to see in the next three to five years in the photography and creative space?
2: Ooh, um, I would love for brands to cast more people of color rather than just the one diversity person that having clients like that and having those conversations is like killing me. (laughs) because you have to do it politely but you just want to like yell at them so I would love one I would love that two I would love to see more male photographers critique their own male gaze I'm seeing a few Mm -hmm. people start to do that I have a few people in my few student male photographers in my dms who want to learn they want to become on set they want to learn more about direction they want to uh un- do a-, a lot of unlearning which i think is really progressive and really awesome very yeah uh i would love for maybe like more people to bring someone on set to maybe be like a model advocate and make sure that they are comfortable especially if it's topless or nudity just to have someone on set and advocate for them or speak on their behalf because I know sometimes when you're in front of the camera you can't you feel uncomfortable especially if it's like in a paid gig to voice your concerns but if you have maybe someone who was brought on set just for you to talk to I think that would be so wonderful in having everyone feel comfortable, and then that person can talk to the creative team and be like, "Listen, like this isn't working, or you need to do this differently, or watch the way that
0: you're communicating." Mm-hmm. Um, almost, almost like a middleman, or like a yes, just yeah. like a like a almost like HR, but
2: <laughs> yes. Well, I think they do that with film. I think with like intimate scenes, they have a coordinator for those scenes mm-hmm. and I think that would be really interesting to kind of bring into the photographic space
1: yeah because like you mentioned before it, it becomes more collaborative in that sense and that way yeah. you get to work with I guess the middleman but then also with the the person that you're taking photos of and it becomes that you know collaboration between and just that melding between all three of you as well or four and then everyone gets to many. thrive
2: exactly yeah. and it, I, as of creative like i i don't see what else could be any better than everyone thriving and feeling heard and feeling excited about mm-hmm. what's being made like that that's best case scenario
1: i'm um, just to Sort of circle back to just talking about being a female in a male-dominated industry. What are, if you're comfortable to share your experience as well, what are some instances um, that you faced as a female photographer where you felt stifled in your work due to gender equality, sexism, or misogyny?
2: A lot of it, I can't talk about it because I would get That's in so much trouble.
1: Completely fair.
2: <laughs> like so much trouble. But like, let's just say I found out too late on several projects that I was paid significantly less than my male counterparts, even wow. though I was doing more work in a higher position, or I ended up having to do their work because they they couldn't match up to what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I've been told that I was emotional, too dramatic, asking for too much, too chatty. The too chatty one gets me so <laughs> upset because In fact, like when I was being too chatty that I was building rapport with my team, my clients and brands, and it ended up actually benefiting both the company and me when I left. And it was so strange to me being like, if you're just, if you had the point of view of like, I'm going to go in, do my work and go out, where's the value there? Like you need to have, again, I'm such a collaborative spirit. I'm just like, Tell like I want to create that trust, have that bond where if the client or the brands or whoever can talk to me about what they want, I can help make solutions. And then you're creating value not only for your team, but like for the client. And yes, you're being chatty, but you're also being a person. Like, mm-hmm. but why would you it, not
1: be a person? Yeah, but you're like making it so much more meaningful as well because you're creating these relationships. You're creating these connections with other people too. And exactly. that way it makes the whole, you know, creative process and it makes the whole, um, I guess, finished artwork so much more meaningful for that person and for yourself as well.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. especially like with brainstorming, if, if you sit down at a session with your client or the brand, and then whomever, and you don't have that rapport, you really have to like try and squeeze it out of them what they want. But if you have that conversation and that rapport and that um, relationship already established, you can just have a very casual conversation. And through that, it'll be really easy for you to pinpoint, oh, like that's your point of view. Oh, that's what you are articulating that you want and then you can just do it so much easier yeah it's it's interesting and then the too emotional too like no I'm having a very honest response Mm -hmm. to what is happening Mm -hmm. and I'm voicing that if I was a man you'd just be like oh you have a good point or I did you wrong Mm
0: -hmm.
2: but as a woman it's just like no, you're too emotional. Your it's, emo, your reaction is not helping me. Mm.
0: It's like, what? <laughs> yeah. It's, in- yeah. it's invalidating your feelings and your experiences Completely. as a woman. Absolutely. It totally
1: is. Oh, and then the gaslighting in this industry. Oh, I can't even fathom. Tough. I can't, even I like can't imagine tough. just the amount of <laughs> gaslighting.
0: I, I used to work in a really male dominated industry as well. I worked for a mining tech company. And so oh, wow, I was, I was, <laughs> I think like one of three women of color in my office ov- office and yes, you were. And like <laughs> I worked, so my job was in customer experience. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that whole area that whole space is about building relationships and like helping mm-hmm. people and so a lot of that is building that rapport having a conversation really connecting with people on on a mental and emotional level mm-hmm. and the amount of times i wasn't taken seriously because mm-hmm. i was doing that is like it's unbelievably frustrating And studies have shown, studies have shown from a business standpoint, if you build relationships, long lasting relationships with your clients, they're likely to come back and recommend you to other people.
2: Absolutely. It's so much harder to try and get new clients than keeping the ones that you already have. It's been studied and reported on and written about, and yet women are still being told that it, it, it what it's what you shouldn't be doing. It's like,
1: hello, have you done your research? <laughs> yeah, that's true. And like, um, in my previous job as well, um, Ruth and I actually worked together, um, at a smaller like media slash entertainment firm. And mm-hmm. so every end of the year we would go to Arizona and we'd create a short film over a span of three days. So like very stressful. And wow. I, I had the opportunity to be an associate producer for this. So I helped out with just um, like doing some of the budget as well, but like also coordinating all the cast and crew together. And mm-hmm. so again, that is being, you know, that was a very male dominated industry, being a part of film and, and working with the cast and crew. So I felt like to your point, Ruth, to be taken seriously in such a male dominated industry, I felt like I had to, you know, be less emotive, lower my voice down a little bit more. Just be more, I guess, I don't know, just be more direct and and just sort of change my my personality almost just to just be taken more seriously
0: by mm-hmm. these other men. And I would just... even, I would even argue that you know, uh, the concept of like masculinity and femininity mm-hmm. are just like two different things, right? And so, mm-hmm. like the the it's us tapping into the masculine side of our right. personality absolutely
2: yes. absolutely yep yeah. i was just talking to my mom about that literally the other day and i was like i ever since i've tapped into my masculinity i have noticed a humongous shift on how i'm received but right. not much has really changed. It's more so how I deliver information Mm -hmm. and more the energy. It's a lot more grounded rather than being excited.
1: Mm -hmm. I I totally hear you. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's interesting how we adapt to these environments and we have to take on these roles that aren't necessarily authentic.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I felt like I couldn't quite be my... I guess, authentic self, because I was trying to just be taken more seriously and try to take on to my masculine side so I could be taken more seriously and and be respected as an equal in, in their eyes as well and be perceived that way. So I have yeah. a question
2: for you guys. Yeah. When you took that on and made those adjustments, do you feel like you were doing your
1: best work? I think I was trying to do my best work. I don't know if it was definitely my best work, but I think I was more focused on how I was perceived than sometimes doing the work itself. So yeah. I guess, you know what I mean?
0: Like, it's just, it's, I, it's a balance I, between the two. I hear so, you. Yeah. I feel, I feel like for me, um, I wasn't my most creative. Mm-hmm. I feel like I wasn't, I feel like I was, I was at my most Creative when I'm authentically myself. And I feel like Mm -hmm. when I'm authentically myself, it's tapping into both the masculine and the feminine side of like, it's not like masculinity and femininity doesn't like entirely make up who I am. It's a part of who I am. Mm
2: -hmm. And so,
0: so like having to put on this face of like, oh, I have to act masculine in order to be taken seriously, Mm -hmm. it was disheartening. It, yeah. was, it drained me and Parnished actually soul. yeah and you like annika can tell you i at, towards the end of my time working there i was exhausted i mentally going to work you're like i, I was, gotta go i was like because you're working
2: overtime you have yeah. to not only show up as yourself then you have to put on this act it's odd yeah almost. and then yeah. you also have to try and make your best work in those conditions let alone no one. I'm so glad people are recently starting to talk about this, but the nine to five work was created on the male's hormone levels of it only changes throughout the day, but women our hormone levels change all throughout the month. And so the actual nine to five also doesn't actually work for us.
0: Interesting. That's so interesting. I Mm. did not know that at all. There's some new female
2: CEOs who are now starting to change how they operate and how their companies operate over the female hormone system. And they're finding that women are just being amazing. They are outperforming and they're just like thriving And it's so interesting for us to acknowledge like, yes, we're different. If you alter things to us, like watch us
1: thrive. Mm
0: -hmm, And that could
1: be just like phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to just see how that changes. Like what would the nine to five shift into if they Mm -hmm. take the female hormones into account and just like that
0: sort of schedule, like, would it be to be like longer weekends cuz i would i would I have, love longer weekends. <laughs> I have something really cool to say about that. So right now i work for a different company and i we work completely remotely but basically the entire team not a single man it's all women um like in the executive team. And so the way that we work is like we have our time frame like during the day that we have x amount of work to get done. And Mm -hmm. then if we need support on something, we reach out to the team. If we have meetings, we attend them. But like, take time to go off and do whatever you need, right? And then come back and like, do your best work when you're there. And Mm -hmm. I think that is just a concept that like, a lot of people are getting into now with COVID, with everything like Mm -hmm. piling in where it's like, you're not, you're not, you're not living to work. You're working to live. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the distinct difference between like the, the women working and like the men working. It's because we have so many different things hormonally, otherwise that we have to keep track of for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then now we have to abide by a certain rules. Not every day is going to look the same. No, it's not. You're
1: gonna have your bad days, you're gonna have your good days. Rithu knows out of all the people that I had a really <laughs> shitty day a few days ago because I had my period. And I was just like, that. Oh no. Yeah. And um, I, I don't know if like I think, you know, the work that I'm um or sorry, the job that I'm currently working at the moment, we have a lot of females on a higher level, a more executive level as well. And I think we've sort of like broken down the stereotypes um on whether it's mental health, um. Or, you know, just taking time out, like similar to what Rithu said, just taking time out for yourself. And so even um, um Male person on our tech team is taking maternity leave because his wife is taking a four month maternity leave. So they're both yes! just taking it together. And I so it's like, you know what? That. I've got a child coming. Like, I'm going to take some maternity leave for myself and just take that time out. And then I had another colleague as well who was just like, you know what? I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling mentally drained from all the anti Asian hate crimes that are going on. I'm going to mm-hmm. take two weeks off for a mental health break. And we were able to do that. So you know, I think wow, more than ever, people are respecting um, individuals more, whether it's females or males um, in work culture too. And I hope that this sort of like, you know, waves out or like, you know, ripples out yeah. to other companies too. But I think more so than ever, um, you know, companies and organizations are tuning into people Um, and their mental health and their mindsets a little bit more, whether it's due to the pandemic or just really from the past several years of just being outspoken about this, this sort of thing. But um, yeah, I just found it really neat that he was taking a mental, sorry, not mental health leave. I found it really neat that he was taking leave. paternity leave. Yeah, exactly. So I love that.
2: I was reading Mm -hmm. something about how, although paternity has been previously offered, a lot of people wouldn't take a lot of men wouldn't take it because all the other guys would get competitive and be like, oh, like you're taking time off. And it's, I'm so glad that he's in an environment where mm-hmm. he can be like, yes, that's what I want. That's what it, I rightfully deserve. So I'm going to go spend time with my partner and my baby, and I'll catch you guys like in a little bit. Like that's yeah. so beautiful to me, like just honoring that for someone. Uh, I I wish everyone could leave and have wonderful time with their kids like you should
1: (laughs) I agree yeah, this has been such an interesting conversation. I'm so great that we're having this, like, you know, dialogue. report. This, <laughs> yeah, <Yes>. this rapport. <laughs> but this was this was so great. um getting to meet you and to talk to you and just to hear um what you had to say about the industry and about photography and your journey. And so thank you for your time. Thank
2: you. Oh my God, it's such a pleasure. I've, I've been asked to do podcasts before, and it scares me so much. I think, especially like with cancel culture and like voicing what you actually believe in and mm-hmm. having that on the online that was that concept was so scary to me. I'm also a huge perfectionist. So just knowing that well, <laughs> so, say, are just, so are we so are we. I've got a Virgo moon and shit. <laughs> so thank you both for being so lovely and creating such a safe space and really being interested in what I do too. Like, like genuinely, thank you so much. Like it's been such a joy talking to you both and chatting about all these really interesting concepts.
1: Yeah. And hopefully that this would be a stepping stone for you to hop in other podcasts. I hope we like, yeah, I hope we broke the ice like
0: nice (laughs) for you. (laughs) you Oh my
2: God. Yes,
0: absolutely. I think so. I think that, people should find you so where can people actually find you on social media Georgia
2: at Georgia love with two v's uh I'm on Instagram my website is GeorgiaLove.ca, and on TikTok Georgia love photo
0: awesome if right, I'm not well, deleted
1: yet <laughs> <laughs> fingers crossed fingers, fingers crossed.
0: crossed all right well thank you so much for listening into this week's episode and we hope you have an awesome day Bye. Take care.